Blog Talk Radio. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Your hosts are here for the show tonight to interview our special guest. A show highlight, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, tennis, golf, story. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, tune in for all the news and scores, reporting on the games, and so much more, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Welcome to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Podcast, presented by Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. It is Friday, April 14th, 2023. Welcome back. Uh, we took, of course, last week off uh, for uh, for the uh, Easter weekend holiday. And, of course, joining me tonight uh, as we are back here after a two-week week off is Alan. Alan, good evening. How are you tonight? How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Really appreciate all of our fans and yourself, too. And it's, you know, nice that we had taken Good Friday off, but it's good to be back. Definitely good to be back. A lot of things happened in that two-week period since, uh, of course, uh, we were off. Uh, you go back to, obviously, uh, last week, baseball season's in full swing now. Um, last Saturday was uh, Hank Aaron uh, Hank Aaron Day, obviously, uh, his 49th anniversary of number 715. Uh, a lot of baseball news to get to here. Uh, it's been a, a very good season so far. A lot of uh, some surprises, I'd say, um, and then some things maybe that uh, no one saw coming, uh, such as that team down here in our neck of the woods, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, 13-0 and going into today. Last time I looked here tonight, they were down 6-1 to to Toronto, so maybe that 13 is the, the highest anybody's going to get for wins to start a season. But, Alan, i got to ask you this. Did you see that coming out of Tampa? You know, the Rays always have a very, very good team, and that's the way it's been for the last few years. I didn't see a start of 13-0. and 0. I mean, that's a blazing hard start. I know a couple of people online said that they haven't faced anybody, but regardless of whether you face the best team, the middle of the pack, or the worst teams, 13-0 and 0 is still 13-0. and 0. It's something to be proud of to win 13 straight games to start a season. Obviously, it's a long season, but – that is one hell of a start. What are your thoughts on that? I, I agree with that 100%. You know, I mean, look, you look back, it's only happened two other times in the history of the game. It was the 82 Braves 
Uh, they started 13-0, a uh, very exciting team. They were managed by Joe Torrey way back then. Um, and then they ended up making a playoff by just one game, believe it or not. And then the 87 Brewers, they also did it. Uh, the Brewers, when they were still in the American League, um, you know, 30, 36 years ago, I think is what that would be. So um, it's not something that happens very often, uh, just three times in the history of the sport. Um, one thing I will throw out there is it's 13. 13 is kind of an unlucky number, so it seems like nobody can get past that. Uh, just taking a quick glance at the scoreboard here tonight. Um, and if you're listening live or if you're listening, of course, to this after the fact, it's about 9.35 right now. So it uh, looks like they are in the bottom of the eighth inning up in Toronto, up north of the border. Um, six to three Toronto. The Rays have one more at bat to try to get this thing either tied up or maybe take the lead and move forward. So um, I'm sure he's happy about this. Uh, our good buddy Lou joins us on the line. I, I know he's a diehard Rays fan. Uh, Lou, what do you think about, uh, about Tampa getting off to such a hot start? You're about to see history as the first guy to vomit on the show. Is that coming up for you? I'm ready hey, is that bad already? I mean, oh, you yeah. got to give him credit. 13 wins in a row? Sickening. Just absolutely sickening. All right. As a baseball fan, yes, it's historic. And it's good for the game. But, you know, as a Yankee fan, no. Yeah, I mean, definitely you lose, you got a point. I mean, if you're a Yankee fan, it, you don't want to hear that, that the team in your division has got a 13 and 0. Especially if you're in your division. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees are five and a half games back already. It is already. a long season. Already, you know, already. <laughs> it is a long season, but to start 13 and 0, I'm not going to hate on them. I am a Yankee fan. But my second favorite baseball team is the is the Rays. Mm. I can't hate on them because, hey, you're still playing pros and you're still playing in the major leagues to win 13 games in a row is outstanding. I'm not going to hate on that at all. I really not because I know that people can be criticizing about the competition, but, hey, they could have lost 13 games, but they didn't. They won 13 games in a row. And to win well, thirteen games, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, but Ooh. okay, that was bad. So you hearing the thirteen and zero as a Yankee fan are like you, you're a hater. Yes. <laughs> At least he admits it. <laughs> I see the truth, gentlemen. And the truth. I'm not gonna hate on it. I still want the Yankees to do do their thing. I know it's a long season, but yeah, you know it's like this: the Rays, the Rays need fan support, and if they need yes. to do things like this to get the fan support, you know, I feel bad for the Rays because they've actually have yeah. had a competitive team for the last few years. This is nothing new that. The AL East, and they're doing well in that division. They're one of the people that I would yeah. say is always in the top two or three in that division every year. It's really sad that they still cannot get the fans to come out there to go see them. Well, when you play a dump, I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> you know, I, I I hear what you're saying, but I just feel as if in that part of in Florida, 
it's really about collegiate sports. That's the I think that's the king right there. You know, people yeah. love the Florida States. They love the University of Florida. They love they love their college football, and then everything else is like kind of gets overlooked at some points. Secondary. Yeah, I mean, well, I will say the Lightning does well, but again, they don't have a big stadium. They don't have a, a huge stadium like that can hold you know a bunch of fans. But outside of that, the Bucks do well from time to time when they're winning. You got, but outside of that, it, it's tough. What are your thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I've said this, I don't know, a dozen times probably at least on the show. Um, I think that the fact of the matter is the, the, the younger generations, I think, will pay more attention to Tampa Bay baseball than some of the older, more established generation. When the Rays came along 25 years ago, I was already established as a Braves fan being in this area. And you came here from New York. You brought the Yankees with you, and a lot of other people have too. And you have a lot, you know, Florida, especially the Tampa area or Central Florida area, is a transplant area of the country. My wife is from up north, and she grew up a Brewers fan. So you come from Chicago, you're a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan. You come from Detroit, you're coming down as a Tigers fan. Um, you know, you're going to bring wherever you're from with you, typically. So it's those younger people, our kids and our kids' kids in the future, they're going to say, hey, I'm a fan of the Tampa Bay Rays because I'm from that area. Um I think the ballpark is bad. I mean, I've been there plenty of times to say and see what I've seen. I was actually at a game a year uh, last summer where, no kidding, I think I probably brought this up last year, pouring down rain outside, and I was sitting in the upper deck in the outfield in left field, and water was dripping in, you know, through that through the ceiling. So, yeah. you know, it, it's got to be sooner than later. I know we've kind of beat this dead horse many, many times on this program. Um, I think they're very close to announcing something. I think by the end of this year, or certainly by this time a year from now, we'll know the direction of that organization as far as where they're going to play, um, or at least have a better idea than we do now. Um, but am I surprised they're playing this well? I mean, I'd be surprised if any team's 13-0 and because it hasn't happened very much. But am I surprised that the Rays are playing as well as they are? No, I'm not. Um, certainly didn't see 13-0 and coming. But, you know, they've, they've got a way of, of – I think the way they scout players, the way that they understand how to put together a team, I think is as good as any team in the game. And, you know, the question is, and this is kind of the same question we had for the Oakland A's all those years ago when they had their great run with the Tim Hudson and Mark Mulder and Barry Zito, and then even some of the runs they had after that, does this translate to winning in the playoffs? I don't know. Um, you got to get hot at the right time. You got to not run into a team that's hotter than you are. And, you know, let's keep in mind here, right. we've only played a small fraction of the season. We played, what, uh, 12th of the season as far as, you know, the, 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 the amount of games we played, 13, 14 games now. So um, a lot of baseball left to be played. Um, it's a lot of fun, though. I love talking about this kind of stuff. Love, um, love being able to sit here and do this. So, um, you know, it's going to be a fun year, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be a – Fantastic year. You've got that right. So speaking of that, what do you got cooking on your show? We got a plethora of stuff to do tomorrow because, of course, we got to talk about the NBA and NHL playoff matchups that are starting. Um, I think we'll get a better idea of who's going to be in the NHL matchups tomorrow since the final games are tonight. Um, of course, we're also uh, going to discuss the recaps of the men's and women's 
uh, college basketball championships as well as the Masters. And now the real question is, what league is better, the XFL or the USFL, as the USFL will start the new season tomorrow? So I told you it's going to be uh, pretty hectic. And we'll also look at who will you think will win the um, NBA MVP because they just announced the um, nomination for the final three about two hours ago. So I'll get everybody's thoughts on that, all this, and a whole lot more tomorrow on the Enhanced Sports Show, which is uh, 4 to 6 Eastern time. Always remember that. And I'm going to call us 512-543-4662. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, a great show. So I'm going to get all the callers I can kick. Yes, I got a great lineup there. The Enhanced Sports Show. You should have two weeks ago. We set a record. Oh, wow. So there he goes. He's starting setting records just like the Rays. You missed history. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry about that, Lou. I apologize about not being there. But I'm going to make sure that you guys call in and speak to Lou 4 to 6 p.m. tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time Zone, 512-543-543. And on YouTube, that's right. 512-543-4662. YouTube and 512-46... I'm sorry, 543-4662. Right. Remember the two sixes in the middle, people, because everybody gets that confused. Uh, <laughs> why? They do. <laughs> yeah. Remember she switched to a 1-800 number. No, no, no. I, and that number is toll-free, folks. Yes. We're like PBS, not-for-profit. Oh, no. Okay. That's very good. Yeah. But, yeah. But definitely. Right. So we'll talk, again. we'll talk again next week, same time, same station. If you get a chance, call in. Okay, yeah. Definitely, if I have time tomorrow, I will definitely make sure I do that for you, Lou. No problem at all. Yeah, because there might be some room available. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to miss another record there, that's for sure. You might be a part of history if you, if you uh, make it, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to d- definitely do my best to give you a call tomorrow, Lou. Always enjoy the Enhanced Sports Show. You are in the same time zone, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we are. in the same time zone. Yep. Okay, because I thought, wait, I keep thinking you're in Florida. We are, but, you know, it's same Eastern Standard Time Zone. Oh, it's not that, it's not that area that has the time difference. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, that, uh, that's that does get confusing. Pensacola, that's that, that area. That's yeah, the panhandle, right? Yeah, yeah. the panhandle is the, the, the time zone. I thought zone you were located there. So. My, my mistake. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it is it is confusing, and it's in the same, and it's in the state. So that's by the panhandle, by Pensacola. If you hear somebody from Pensacola, then you know that they're in a different time zone. It's not Eastern Standard Time Zone. You know, all the time I thought they were saying Pensacola, and I thought it was Pensacola. Oh, boy. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, Pepsi Cola, Florida. I like that sounds good. Pepsi Cola. <laughs> well, I always yep. yeah, I always have Pepsi Cola. I always have Pepsi Cola. <laughs> Interesting name. Well, big shout out to Pensacola, Florida. Derek Brooks is yeah. is from there, and I actually go to the Derek Brooks. It's celebrity golf tournament. It's held in Pensacola. So when I go from where I'm at here in Florida to that tournament, I actually do pass the time zone. So the time zone is different, and I got to equate for that. 
I get. A bit of a hike too, yeah. drive wise, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It well, is. one of the, well, one of the other uh, people I'm associated with is uh, from the um, Orlando area. Oh yeah, so they'll be an easier to stay the time zone, just like us. Yeah, I mean, I, because uh, on another show connected with, um, you know, uh, he's we do the show together. He's from, um, like I said, around the Orlando, Florida area. But yeah, so definitely, good news is we're in the same time zone. Yeah, because you always have me full with that. <laughs> <laughs> well. Because I know there's an area that is associated with the time the time change. And I thought you guys were it. Yeah, so we're in good shape. So make sure you guys call in 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. And the Panhandle 3 to 5. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Lou, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, have a great show tomorrow. Okay. And we'll talk to, you again, uh, talk to you again next week. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> have a good night. Very well. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you, Lou. Always a pleasure right. having Lou. Definitely glad to have him on. So, uh, obviously, uh, we're right in the thick of some really great sports stuff. We just uh, crossed the finish line with the Masters and, of course, with uh, the uh, men's and women's NCAA basketball championships here in the last week to 10 days. Uh, great stuff and all that. Um, I mentioned this a little bit ago last Saturday was the 49th anniversary of Hank Aaron breaking the uh, all-time home run record with number 715. It's hard to believe it's been two years now since he's uh, since he's passed on. Um, tomorrow is uh, maybe an even bigger day, maybe one of the biggest days in sports as far as um, barriers being broken. It was in 1947. That was, of course, uh, in Brooklyn, New York, uh, that Jackie Robinson – 76 years ago tomorrow broke the color barrier. Um, obviously, if anybody's had a chance to see the movie 42, um, great movie. Uh, actually, one of the best baseball movies. And even more important, it tells a great story of the things that Jackie went through. So uh, we uh, we always like to, to pause this time of year and, and you know, just thank him for the fact that he was able to endure as much as he did and, and of course, um, be a great example uh, as a ball player and as uh, someone who fought hard to get the rights that he deserved and, uh, of course, opened the door for some of the greats that we have seen in the last 75, 76 years, including the late, great Hank Aaron. So, Alan, i got to ask you your thoughts on this. I know we talked about this a year ago, but it's still something that I like to bring up uh, every single year. Your thoughts on Jackie Robinson and, of course, as the anniversary comes tomorrow. Yeah, Jackie Robinson is somebody that is a, a polarizing figure that will always be somebody I'll, I will never forget. Let me also just say, Boswick, who played Jackie Robinson in 42, may uh, he rest in peace. He did a phenomenal job, Chad Boswick. But yes, um, Jackie Robinson, I just, the story about Jackie Robinson is amazing. Let me tell you a personal story about Jackie Robinson, then I'll tell you my thoughts about Jackie Robinson. The man is with Cooperstown, I had wore a Jackie Robinson custom-made shirt. It was a black shirt. It had Jackie Robinson on the front of it, had his jersey on it, and had a lot of cool pictures of him. Really cool shirt. And I wore that shirt to Cooperstown. And 
all of <laughs> what's Tony Gwynn basically we ran into him ironically me and my friend we ran into Tony Gwynn a cup a few times in Cooperstown Cooperstown for those who don't know it's not a big city it's real small so it's not unusual you would run into the, a person the same time but we just kept running to each other at the airport in the city I mean, it is a small, if you want to go to a small town, go to Cooperstown. And what happened was they, I took the nickname of Jackie. They kept calling me Jackie. <laughs> you know, they kept calling me Jackie. And I will never forget that because the thing is, they even Gaylord Perry, he saw me and he goes, how you doing, Jackie? And they just kept calling me Jackie the whole weekend. And just to, <laughs> just to be mentioned in that that name, you know, in that that class is just amazing. But Jackie Robinson, you know, in the history books, is the one who segregated baseball. He's not technically the first African American to play baseball. I just I want to make sure that people understand that. But he solidifies the struggles you have to go through being the first, I would say, person. He wasn't actually technically the first person to play baseball as African-American, but you get a chance to see the struggles you had to go through just because of people's biases and the color of your skin. It's unfair that Jackie had to go through that. It's, you know, I feel for him because you're playing baseball, a sport that you really love. And at the time, Jackie was in the minority as far as he was the only black player. There was other black players that played baseball, but none of them was in the major leagues at that time. And for him to be on an island and have to endure a lot of the things he had to deal with, it shows you the true testament of character. A lot of times he wanted to kind of lash out, but he didn't because he knew he was, he was the example. So it shows to me sometimes God's put people in places for a reason. And Jackie was that, that exemplifying character, because let's say if the flip side of Jackie didn't do a great job in that, and he couldn't handle the pressure and he kind of went and surmised to that. Think about how far the back it would have been for us African-Americans to play baseball. And I thought about this the other day, Aaron, you know, sometimes in life you do things, you know, just like Taylor, Taylor Swift, right? She just had a concert. Mm-hmm. And she just had a concert, and on Instagram, someone had posted, hey, there's nobody of color online or anything like that. And I looked at the video, and there was one sister that was on there. And I said, you know what? She would be the one that would stick out because she's doing something that the masses are not doing. And sometimes when you stick out, I've been in that position where – you might be the only black or brown person doing something, but it's something that you really love. You got to stick with that. And I, I admire Jackie because he loved baseball and he did not let the fact that he was the only one of his like and color on the field. He did not let that deter him. And he set a great example that people of color can act with dignity and class. And you should probably give other people a chance. So I really appreciate Jackie Robinson because if he did not do such a great job, 
I, me and you may not be even having a, a, a show right now at this point. What are your thoughts about Jackie Robinson? Well, I, I think the date, you know, baseball is a numbers game. So obviously 42, everybody knows 42 who, who watches baseball or is a baseball fan, or even if you're just a casual sports fan, 42 is synonymous with Jackie Robinson. They retired his number years ago, so no one will ever have it issued again. Um, in fact, the only player, I think, other than Jackie in the Hall of Fame, I, I could be wrong on this, is Mariano Rivera. And he had that number issued to him before they retired it back in 1997. The date obviously will always be the same. It's April 4th, oh, sorry, April 15th every year. April 15th, 1947 was the date um, that he played his first big league ball game there in uh, Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, New York. But it was all the things that he did before that and everything that goes along with that that led to that one day. And that's the thing, too, is it's not just that one day. That was just the day that he opened the door and came in and, and allowed other players to do the same thing, other African-American players to do the same thing. So I would encourage those who ever travel. I got a great opportunity last July traveling through Kansas City, uh, Missouri, to go to the Negro League Hall of Fame, the Negro League Museum. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I brought this up on the show probably a handful of times before, but it tells the story of, what the Negro Leagues were like a hundred some years ago, some, some uh, over a hundred years ago and the struggles the players went through. And, you know, you can picture Jackie Robinson being in there. It, it's, it's a really, it's just, it, it does a great job of telling that story and leading up of course to him uh, going to the Brook, uh, to the Brooklyn Dodgers and breaking the color barrier. And then of course, not just doing that and then being gone, you know, he stayed in the big leagues for his whole entire career. And I believe he was 27 or 28 when he came into the league. So he didn't have, you know, a long, long career, you know, 20 plus years at the major league level. Uh, but he was an excellent ball player. He could do everything. He could run, he could hit, he ran really well, played great defense. Um, I would definitely encourage people to not just look at the, the day or look at the player read some of the backstory. That's really what goes into this. It's more than just the one day and the one number and the one player. It opened the door for what we've seen over the last uh, three quarters of a century, essentially. And it opened the door to guys like Henry Aaron and Willie Mays and Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr. And, you know, and on and on and on. And so it's a, it's a part of the fabric of the game of baseball. And it's a day that will always be, um, a baseball holiday in and of itself. And it happens to be within the first two weeks of the regular season. So it's always something that I found neat. Um, I remember watching uh, all the uh, ceremonies back in 1997 when it was the 50th anniversary. So it's just one of those things you kind of get uh, as a baseball fan, you kind of get, you kind of, um, you get kind of giddy inside because it's something that's neat to watch and neat to look back on. And it's a very special moment in the game. And it happened well before both of our lifetimes too. And it's still one of those things that gets you you know, really excited about the sport. So, um, but, uh, no, yeah. I, I'm, 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 it, it's fun to talk about too. Alan, I know we kind of did the same thing about a year ago when this, uh, when this was coming up as well then, but I, I just enjoy talking about it. So. <laughs> no, I do too. And, and that's the thing that a lot of people really need to understand is that, Hey, you know, you might meet somebody who's not the same color as you and not the same shade as you, but if you give minorities an opportunity 
they'll do some really wonderful things. Just give them an opportunity. And I'm glad that somebody gave Jackie Robinson an opportunity because as you mentioned, there wouldn't be any Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas, all of these great players, Derek Jeter, if somebody didn't give somebody an opportunity. So don't just judge a person by, I love what, what Martin Luther King said, don't judge somebody by their color, judge them by the content of their character and give them, you know, give minorities an opportunity. You'll be surprised at some of the things that they can accomplish, you know, the black and brown community. And Jackie Robinson is somebody that I am very, very proud to be associated with. I have a couple of figurines of Jackie Robinson. He, he like you said, he's before our lifetime. But I've watched a lot of interviews. I felt like I've already met him, but I haven't. That's how much yeah. I studied Jackie Robinson. I don't, know if you ever, I don't know if you've ever studied somebody so much and watched a lot of their interviews where you feel as if you already met them, but you haven't. And Jackie Robinson is somebody I feel like I've already met. I've studied him so much. But, you know, I, I definitely, as somebody from the Brown community, I have to praise him a lot because – he handled that with a lot of dignity and class. And just to hear some of the, as you mentioned, the backstories of the death threats. I mean, you talk about people just calling him names on the field. What about stuff he was getting in the mail? He had to deal yeah. with off the yeah. field. I mean, that's a whole nother story. So Jackie Robinson did, his, you know, did the best job he could. And he handled himself with class because if he didn't, well, just guess what? I mean, he's the leader and the example it would have set the black and brown community back years and years and years if you'd have lashed out. So I praise him for that, that he didn't just think about himself. He thought about the ramifications if he lashed out. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good point. And, you know, it's not just baseball that it opened the doors for, too. I mean, we talk about this uh, many times over. Think about Tiger Woods. Think about Michael Jordan. Think about uh, going even further back than Michael Jordan. You think about the Wilt Chamberlains of the world and, um, you know, uh, the neat thing about Jackie, too, that I always thought was so interesting is he wasn't just a good baseball player. He was an excellent football player, too. And I, I believe, if I remember correctly in the story, uh, he also ran uh, ran track uh, as well. So that's where his speed came from. And he was a very versatile athlete. So definitely somebody that I've always admired um, since I was a kid. You know, in the story, it took a while, but the movie came out, I guess it was five years ago now, 42 came out. So um, still one that's very, very, uh, very good. Um, you know, there is some language in there, unfortunately, but it does kind of depict, I think, a little bit more realistically what he went through and what it was like at that time um, to be in the minority. So um, definitely would recommend to, uh, to check that movie out if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's definitely a very good one if you're a baseball fan or like me, you're a baseball fan and a history fan too, just being able to kind of watch how that all transpired and, and took place. So um so good, uh, good discussion there. So back to baseball, since that's been what we've been talking about here for the last few minutes. Um, is there anything other than the Rays? Is there anything you're surprised about to this point of the season uh, as far as good or a bad start for a team or maybe a player playing well? Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a great question. Definitely, I, I am. I did pick the Pirates to make some noise, and so far so good. They are doing really well. You know, they're 8-5. and five. They're one game back behind the Brewers. 
but a very good start. I, I like what I was seeing in the Pirates in spring training. That's that's definitely very good. And your Braves are doing very well. Talk about your Braves. They're nine and four. Well, as as we speak, they're actually up ten to three on the uh, Royals in the bottom of the seventh there in Kansas City, and uh, they'll be ten and four if they can hold this one out. They're in great shape, and the crazy thing is they've had a ton of injuries here early on in the season. Some that happened right before the season started, and then they've had a few uh, unfortunate bad breaks, uh, no pun intended, as the season has uh, gone on for the first uh, 14 games. But if they can hold on to this and start off 10-4, and four, really, really good shape. And then you get even better as you know you get some of these players back. Uh, Mac Free got injured on opening day. Um, I believe it was a hamstring issue, more or less, probably because it was a cold day up in D.C. It's the first game of the year. You take more precautions as the season's earlier on. You don't want to have something linger deep into the year. Um, they're playing really well. Um, they're hitting the ball really well. They got into a little bit of a funk um, last weekend against San Diego. They lost three games in a row uh, to the uh, to the Padres. That's a good potential postseason preview right there. Um, I'm happy with the way they're playing right now. I know most Braves fans probably are, and uh, hopefully they can continue to do what they're doing uh, through the rest of the season. Just want to update the listeners out there. Most people probably already know this. If you're listening to this at a later time, you'll definitely know by then. But the Rays finally dropped their first game of the year. They lost 6-3 to tonight to the Toronto Blue Jays. So they, they fall to 13-1. and I think their season's in danger right now. They're probably going to fall you know, fall apart and <laughs> fall out of the playoff race. Uh, I'm just kidding, of course. Um, but, yeah, uh, thir- 13 seems like that's the magic number. Nobody's ever going to get past that. That's only the third time, as I mentioned before, that we've had a – Club start 13 and 0, so not a not a very often occasion there. Yeah, it's something to definitely be proud of. You know, 13 and and 0, and then you know your 14th game, you go 13 and 1. But you know, props to the Rays. I mean, definitely, I'm not going to hate on them. You know, I know they're in the same division, Yanks. It is a long season, but that's one you, you just. My dad used to always say, give credit where credit is due. I don't care if you're playing the bottom teams or the middle of the pack or the best teams. 13-0 is still 13-0. Something to be proud of. And one thing I definitely wanted to get your thought on, Aaron, is first and foremost, I don't know if you saw it, but the Manny Machado, he got the third strike called on him because of the new time limit. You know, he was exceeding the time, and it was the third strike, and they basically got called strike strike three what are your thoughts so far on the new rules with the time time frame i'm not a fan of them and i don't think i ever will be but the rules are the rules you gotta have to play by them um so far other than what you're talking about now and i haven't actually seen the video of it but so far i mean it's been it's it's, it's done its job in terms of speeding the game up by about half an hour um so that's you know that's what the goal is that's certainly happening um and as far as violations, you know, I've seen a handful in the games I've been watching this year of a guy getting called an extra strike or an extra ball for not not being quick enough. As far as this particular situation, I, I forget was it at the end of a ball game or was this um, was this uh, during the earlier part of the ball game? It was in the earlier part of the ball game, and my thoughts on it, you know, he's adjusting his gloves and stuff, you know, basically <laughs> thinking about how it was prior to the rules. And he's there, you know, he just taking his time and the, there is a time limit and the time expired and he called strike three, which was, which was strike three. And it was kind of embarrassing for him because 
you know, you're fixing your gloves, you get called strike three. And not only that, it was a third out. So the guys are walking off the field while you're sitting there, you know, readjusting your gloves. But my thoughts on that is like this. We all knew the rules were coming. We knew this in spring training. You had time to make adjustments. It's kind of like just like in business. Businesses make changes to rules. You read your emails. You know what the rules are. They usually give you a heads up. When things go into play, things go into play. My thoughts on it was Manny Machado was obviously not doing what he should have been doing to speed up his time to get ready to hit. And you got correctly called a strike. It looked to me like he felt as if he was, you know, quote, quote, entitled to get more time because he's Manny Machado. Well, the rules are the rules. I mean, I, you know, do I agree with the pitch count? Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's not. I'll say it like that. I do like the fact that it's speeding up the games, but at the same token, when you get in a batter's box, you can't be fooling around a lot. You got to be ready to hit. They don't want you stepping out 15 times. It's very clear. And once time expires, just like in football, it's a penalty. That's it is what it is. That's part of the rules. Yeah, no, and I, I've actually, uh, as you were saying that, I've actually been watching the, the, the clip here on YouTube, and um, there's a pitch that was actually thrown about three pitches before the strike was called that I think Machado didn't agree with. It was a little bit off the plate. It was a borderline pitch. You see him shaking his head, and so I think a little bit of it probably was carryover. This is just my view on it. A little bit of it was probably carryover from him not agreeing with that pitch, but apparently he made some comments to the umpire you can't you can't argue balls and strikes, and you certainly can't argue ones that didn't even take place. So he is known for being a little bit um, sassy, I guess is a good word to use here. Um, took a little bit too much time. I wish that they would give the batters a little bit more leniency, though. If you think about it, if you're starting at 15 seconds with nobody on base for the pitcher, why does the pitcher have an extra eight seconds over the batter? I think they should be a little bit more. That's something that I would adjust. If you're going to keep these rules in place, so be it, I suppose. But let the batter have a little bit more time because the pitcher apparently needs eight extra seconds to be able to focus on what the hitter is going to be doing. It seems like it's a little bit off to me. Um, but I, I have a feeling these rules will probably, Alan, be adjusted at some point, maybe not during the season, but maybe as we go into next year and beyond, there may be more time for the hitter that's added into it. Yeah, you could tell it's going to be a work in progress. They're going to probably adjust it, as you mentioned. But it's it's sending a clear message. you got to be ready to hit. We want you to go ahead and speed this up. And that leads into, as you mentioned, him being sassy. What are your thoughts, Aaron, on Major League Baseball uh, referees ejecting people and seem like they have a quick trigger finger? What are your thoughts on that? It's part of the sport. Um that won't change anytime soon. Um, you know, I mean, we it's actually, it's, in my opinion, for baseball, it's more of one of the entertaining things that is involved. You know, seeing a guy get get uh, get angry and, and, you know, whether he's in the dugout or on the field, getting the heave-ho. You know, it's happened for as long as we can remember. You go back to, you know, think about Tom Lasorda. Think about uh, Billy Martin, Bobby Cox. You know, some of these guys, even Joe Torre sometimes would get there. So, um I don't have a problem with it. It's part of the game. Now, a quick quick trigger, 
I think there are certain vocabulary that leads to that a lot of times. I think sometimes an umpire will give you a little bit of leniency. You're upset about the call. He understands that. Um, but there are certain magic words that'll pretty much get you automatically tossed out. So, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. I I, I feel as if I get the balls and strikes thing, but I feel sometimes as if it gets a little bit out of hand. For example, there was a time where a, ref, a referee threw out a player because he threw the ball back to the catcher, and he the you know, the catcher thought he was going to basically the ref was going to throw the ball back to the pitcher and he didn't. And the ref got upset and he tossed him out of the game. I was like, come on, man, that's being a little too sensitive. Like, okay, if somebody said something, hurt you out, maybe I could buy that. But just because it was a misunderstanding, which it was a clear misunderstanding, he gets thrown out of the game. I, I feel as if, Referees need to be held accountable, too. You can't just be throwing guys out of the game just because fans pay money to see that player. They didn't play to see the ref. So you have to give some more leniency than that. I think I think some of the referees in Major League Baseball, to me, are trying to dictate and get too much of the spotlight, I feel. They're trying to get a lot of spotlight, and they'll use any opportunity to kind of kick somebody out and get them kicked out of the game. Yeah, no, and I think that is a good point there. And I, we've seen a few umpires over the years um, in Major League Baseball that have taken the opportunity to be on the grand stage. Um, I think most umpires, um, not all, but most umpires typically tend to want to be out of the limelight. Um, there are a few that also make a big stink about things. Angel Hernandez is a definitely good definition of one. Um, he is for 25 years or longer, he's made bad call after bad call after bad call and doesn't understand why, you know, he, he's not promoted to work the World Series. Well, if you're not making the best call, they're not just going to give you that because you've been there for 25 years. You've got to do good work. Um, synonymous with bad calls. Um, there's a few other ones out there, too, that are, are, I would say, bad umpires. They're not the best of the best. They're kind of at the bottom of the barrel. Um, then there's guys like Joe West who retired a couple of years ago and he had a few run-ins with some players over the years, but for the most part, a good old school umpire. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to think there was a uh, umpire. I'm trying to think of who it was back in 2005. I want to say the name, the name will come to me here in a moment. It was the playoff game between the White Sox and the Angels where the, um, the catcher, they, they said he, they said he initially caught the ball on strike three on a foul tip, and then they said it wasn't a foul tip, and he didn't catch it. it changed the call, and this particular umpire, and again, the name will come to me here at some point, um, took the initiative after the game to have his own press conference. And in my mind, no one even cares who you are unless you make a really bad call. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, and that's not to be mean to the umpire, it's just a I don't pay my ticket fee or my uh, family doesn't pay their ticket fee. And the other fans don't go out there and watch the umpire. They will, they pay it because they want to see the team they're wanting to see play, play that game. So, um, you know, obviously the limelight is not the place for the umpire to be as far as having a quick trigger. Again, I go back to what I said before, you know, if you're making certain gestures or dropping certain words, 
pretty much going to automatically be kicked out. But in most cases, the umpires give you a little bit of leniency to say, hey, say your opinion, walk away. If you continue on, then you end up getting tossed out of the game. Yeah, I think I think uh, that's the part that I would say is that I think umpires need to just take a deep breath, chill out just a little bit. I think you got to give if you like you said if if the guys going on and on, yes. But if it's just a you know heated a moment, you just pulling the trigger figure to get somebody kicked out. Just so I just get the impression it's done so quick that the ref is trying to you know, had a bad day or is trying to get some shine. And I don't think that's the place for you to try to get some shine is throwing somebody out. You know what I'm saying? I think that the players should get a little bit more leniency. If someone does cross a line, they cross a line. And yes, you should kick them out. But if there's just a misunderstanding and you thought the guy's going to throw the ball to the pitcher and, you, and he thought you was going to throw it and you kick him out for that, I think that's kind of like that's a little bit a bit much to me, but I balls or strikes, you know. There, as you mentioned, there are some referees that always mess up calls, but I think balls and strikes sometimes if it's borderline, you can't fault the pit, you can't fault the umpire. What I was taught literally, I don't know where these guys, these major league baseball players, maybe they missed this. If if you got two strikes and it's close, you need to swing your bat. Yeah, no, that's 100% correct, uh, you know, obviously. And, you know, the old adage in, in Major League Baseball, anyways, is you can't argue balls and strikes. You can argue a call at first base or a catch in the outfield or, you know, whether the ball was fair or foul. To a degree, obviously, at some point you're going to get tossed out of the game, but arguing balls and strikes is going to get you tossed every single time without fail. And the umpire I was referring to earlier, by the way, just look this up here, Doug Eddings. Um, he's fairly good umpire but he's taken some taking some some situations a little further than he should um you know the umpire isn't really on the totem pole and he, he's a few times tried to put himself on one as far as where he where he ranks which again should be at the bottom you know as far as the the level of importance as far as their individuality is concerned um you know it should be the players and the fans and the coaches that that's really the end of it yes the umpire's decision makes uh makes a difference but when that umpire's decision becomes everything because that individual is standing up, that's where I have a problem with it. So I agree with you on that. Yeah. So definitely refs need to chill out and players need to just take a chill pill. If it's close, you need to swing your bat. That's what I was told in little league and it never fails because the reason behind that, just so you understand is that the worst feeling and the worst thing you could do in baseball is get called strike three without even swinging a bat. You just feel worse when you get called strike three and you didn't even swing your bat. At least if you swing your bat and you missed the pitch, you popped it up, you foul tipped it, and he caught it, you at least swing. And you at least took a cut at it. To get called strike three, if it's close, you know, it's borderline, you know, just rip it, man. Swing that bat. <laughs> yeah, no, good point there. Good point for sure. So. All right, so baseball obviously has been the, the main focus and topic here this evening of the show, but um, as the season has started, and of course, the great thing about baseball is it's a long season. doesn't matter if the games are shortened now, still 162 games we're watching all together. We've got a new song by our good buddy Sam Scola, and uh, we're going to go ahead and debut that here 
this evening, Alan. Go right ahead. Yeah, that's right. We want to really appreciate Sam Scola and his wife, Mary, for providing us a great song that we're going to debut for you folks. As we're talking about baseball, it's only fitting that Sam Scola from Maine gets to really kick us off the right way and talk about baseball. The season just started. We have a great year coming. And Sam Scola is going to hit a grand slam with this song for you. Let's watch some baseball by Sam Scola from Maine. New season starts today. Let's watch some baseball. Going out to the ballpark. Let's watch some baseball. Sit in the bleacher seat. Let's watch some baseball. Players take the field. Let's watch some baseball. Single, double. Let's watch some baseball. Triple, home run. Let's watch some baseball. Y'all feel the makes a running catch. Let's watch some baseball. See a double play. Let's watch some baseball. Watch some baseball, strike three call. Let's watch some baseball, blast over the wall. Scoring the winning run, let's watch some baseball. It's a team win, let's watch some baseball. Let's watch some baseball, let's watch some baseball. Right, there we go. Let's watch some baseball by Sam Scola doing his thing big, hitting that grand slam. He's not getting called to strike three. He's hitting that ball, and he's hitting it out of the ballpark. Beautiful song. Let's watch some baseball by Sam Scola. If you're a music producer and you definitely want somebody who's going to deliver grand slam songs, check out Sam Scola from Maine. Him and his wife, Mary, would be very appreciative. We appreciate Mary and Sam. Thank you so much for the great song. Always a pleasure. In fact, we're going to give Sam Schooler a round of applause. Yes, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. So, yeah, that's some baseball talk there. And anything else you want to add on baseball, Aaron? No, I just think, uh, obviously, it kind of speaks for itself. Um, we're two weeks into the season, uh, five and a half months left to go, and that's just so we get to the postseason. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot to talk about over the next uh, six months or so, and, and uh, you know, obviously uh, enjoy doing it. So Yeah, that's right. And definitely here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show, for you great fans, we are doing our very best to – cover some baseball a baseball you know games before the this season ends so we're trying to push and now that the season's just started and things one season starts another one ends we'll be having a little bit more free time and we're going to go ahead and do our very best to cover some baseball games to give you some more behind the scenes insight and give you guys some more details of what happens behind 
closed doors and get some more insight from the players. We're working on that here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We got our foot in the door, but we haven't broke through just yet, but it's coming right around the corner for us. Yep, absolutely. And so we'll talk more about that, of course, as uh, the year rolls along. So, Alan, I know you've been a big part of it this year. I know they probably know you by name now, probably look for you each game uh, pre and post. Um, The XFL season is wrapping up. Of course, the Orlando Guardians. Overall, the record didn't turn out the way that most people were hoping for, including yourself. But tell us about the season. Tell us about the uh, interviews you did. It looks like you got a lot of great interviews during the course of the year, a lot of great content. And, of course, the XFL will be back again for a second year next year. Tell us about the year. Yeah, I would have to say, first and foremost, I'm really honored and to be in conjunction with the XFL. You know, they are a great organization. I'm really proud, and I didn't know what to expect when the year started. I definitely wanted to give the XFL a lot of props. You know, I did notice, you know, just uh, recently, the XFL started following me. Can you believe that? <laughs> I mean, that wasn't something that that I would ever thought would be possible. But, yes, I'm really honored. The XFL is, is following me now. And what it is, you're right. You know, I'm blessed in that opportunity that people do know me on the team, a lot of the players, a lot of the coaches. And I know that the Guardians are – you know, officially eliminated with them losing last week's game. But it's been an honor covering the Orlando Guardians and, and working with the XFL, just meeting all the great players, meeting all the great coaches, people who work in the organization. You know, it, it's just been out, absolutely outstanding. I got to thank all of the fans of our show. I got to thank also a lot of the parents and family. That's one attribute that I didn't really expect is when you get a chance to interview the players, the fathers and the mothers, they come out and look for you too. And that's a fact. You know, I've had met a lot of not only the players, but I've gotten close and cool with their parents because they see the interviews and they, you know, reach out and say, hey, I really appreciate the interview process that you guys <laughs> do at the Allen and Aaron Sports Greatest Show. You know, we – we do a fair interview process. It's not about making anybody look bad or anything like that. You know, we, we don't just ask the X and O's, but we want to get to know the person. I've had quite a few mothers and, and dads actually say that. So it has been a true blessing to get connected with the XFL. It's really hard for me to put it in words. You know, as I mentioned, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't come in there with, you know, hey, you know, because we're covering them to get the red carpet or anything like that. All I did was just say, I'm going to do my very best to get along with everybody, ask intelligent questions, very good questions, get along with everybody, make friends. And I didn't expect this ride to be such a magnificent ride. I got a chance to meet Danny Garcia and it's, it's been an honor. And a lot of the players, you know, a lot of the players, they, they follow me. And just this week we met, Trayvon Sanders, who I've actually interviewed a couple times, but I got a chance to speak to him a bit more this time because it was a setup interview versus right after a game. You know, we have the emotions of the game. And Trayvon Sanders is defensive line number 99 for the Orlando Guardians. One message that came across that I really want you fans and listeners to know is 
check your emails. Check your emails regularly. It sounds really simple, but check your spam folders. Trayvon Sanders was a police officer for three years. Check this out. He checked his email, opened it up, and Ty Warren, who was the defensive line coach of the XFL, sent him an email and said, hey, would you like to play football for the XFL? And that opportunity turned into an opportunity of a lifetime. He was actually a police officer and put that on hold to play in the XFL. And he's still playing. You know, you hear great stories like that. That's, that's one wonderful that, you know, he put football on a proverbial couch for three years. And then all of a sudden, you know, he got an email. And the crazy thing about that is I have players who have literally reached out to me because they wanted me to either ask the coach if they can play or if I have inside information on how they could get connected with the XFL. So one person reads an email, gets the opportunity. Another person who plays a different position doesn't get an opportunity. You know, that's how life is. And Trayvon Sanders also was the mayor of the day. He got the key to the city. This was about three or four years four years ago now. So you get a chance to meet great people like Trayvon Sanders, who, you know, he talked about being a police officer, how the misconception that not everybody's a bad person, but a person. You also have Devin Darrington, who I spoke about, you know, social media, who graduated from Harvard University, and he's the running back for the XFL. I mean, we met Eli Rogers this week too, who's a wide receiver. And he played in the XFL back in 2020. Three years later, he's playing with the XFL this, this time around. The players, the Orlando Guardians might have a really poor record, one and seven. I'm sorry, it's one and eight now. I have to check that. It's one and seven. <laughs> it's one and seven. They have a poor record. But I would have to say, collectively, a lot of the players on the team are not used to losing. A lot of them are used to winning. I would equate the Orlando Guardians to kind of like the Bucks prior to Tom Brady joining the team. They have a lot of talent, but they always seem to make the one catastrophic mistake at the wrong time that yeah. ends up costing them the game. And unfortunately, that's how it's been this season. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? Yeah, we've seen that happen before. You know, you have that one one or two little blunders here or there that gives the other team an opportunity. And, you know, if you're going to be a successful team, you have to be the one who takes advantage of that instead of being the one who gives that up. So that, that's that's the difference sometimes between teams that win and teams that lose. Oftentimes that's really the, the caveat right there. No, you got a great point. That is exactly right. And that's what this team, unfortunately, has happened. You know, one of the players told me, that, you know, he, I, you know, I asked him, I said, when they were losing, he goes, you know, people think we suck and all this stuff. And I, and I asked him, I said, did a fan come to you and say that? Like, Hey, that they think you suck. He goes, no, but everybody's on social media. So they see it. And I'm like, let me let you know, first and foremost, because there is a good potential that some of the guardians or players are listening to what I'm saying right now. I do not think the 2023 Orlando Guardians suck. I don't think the guys on the team are trash or they suck. 
just using a word that, you know, one of the players said, I don't think that at all. I think there's a lot of great talent on this team. There's players that actually have played in the NFL on this team. There's quite a few players, and I've actually covered this team the entire year. So I, I've seen all the players, and I'm telling you, they it's not that at all. I don't think this team is trash. I don't think the players suck. It's just unfortunate. To your point, Aaron, you have to take advantage of opportunities when they're presented to you, when you're playing competitive sports. If you're the one making that blunder, unfortunately, that's what the other team has to do. They have to use it to their advantage, and unfortunately, it's been happening quite often. I don't think that this team should have been eliminated from playoff contention. In fact, I'd have to say throughout this whole year, the one time that I felt as if I didn't bring my A game was the last weekend's game. That was that was the day after Good Friday, Saturday. And the reason why I don't think I brought my A game is because that was a game that they lost and they were officially eliminated. Up until that point, I still had hopes that they were going to still make the playoffs. The fact that they didn't actually make the playoffs and they lost to a team that I felt as if the Alerted Guardians should have beat, which was the Renegades, the Arlington Renegades, I feel as if the Guardians should have won that game and they didn't. I was disappointed. I was really disappointed that they did they're not gonna continue their magical run. The season was officially over. And yeah, I did a I did an all right job, but I know me if I wasn't as disappointed, I would have done a better job. What are your thoughts on putting aside disappointment when you have to interview someone that you know is eliminated. You got to do your job. I mean, that's just, uh, they, they did or didn't do their job or they didn't do it effectively enough to, to win. And, you know, that's the tough job of the media sometimes to ask those disappointed guys on the other end, you know, what happened? What were you thinking? What, uh, how did this play play out? Or what was the thought process, you know, going into halftime, coming out in the second half, that kind of thing. So those are tough things you have to face sometimes. Um, we have a job to do and they have a job to do. That's the simplest way to look at it. Yeah, that's exactly right. I did the, you know, I did uh, what I could and, and I, I told the guys, you know, since it was going to be the last home game too, that I told them that it wasn't the same thing I said earlier, that it was a true honor covering you guys. I wish you could have won this game. So the season could have continued for you, but it wasn't meant to be. And yeah, I was disappointed for them. But like you said, you know, you had to do your job, which I did. You know, I, I definitely was in a press conference. I, everybody's press conference. I didn't walk out of the press conference to dip out. I stayed in the pocket. But definitely don't sleep on the XFL is what Trayvon Sanders said. I encourage everybody to definitely don't sleep on the XFL. It's great football. If you get a chance to watch a game, you get a chance to see What's going on? Derrick Brooks came through. O.J. McDuffie came through. Coach Spurrier came through. That was another thing. He came this past weekend. For those who didn't know, he was at the Orlando Guardians game because they were playing the Arlington Renegades. The Arlington Renegades, Steve Spurrier's son, coaches for the Renegades. And, you know, he came all the way through Steve Spurrier. And he took pics with Shane Matthews, who's his former top pick, number one quarterback. So that's another thing, too, that you'll learn about the XFL is that you might be one or two people away from somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. You understand what I'm saying, Aaron? What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I mean, you got to pay attention to who uh, who who knows who. It's a big networking um, society out there, I guess you could call it. And that's that's how we've been able to do a lot of things we've done on this show the last three years or so. Is we've had some good connections here and there, and it's led to some big things. Steve Spurrier included uh, a month or so ago, um, and that it, it's just that's how it works. And I think the more we keep our eyes open on that, Alan, I think that's going to lead to more more opportunities for us in the future. So that's certainly a good thing for our show. Yeah, it is a real blessing. And it goes back to what your parents tell you, get along with everybody because you don't know who knows who (laughs) you don't get along with everybody. You know, coach Buckley was trying to get Derek Jeter to come through the last game and which was the game I was at, but Derek Jeter didn't show up, but you know, Steve Spurrier showed up and I, I apologize that I missed Steve Spurrier I didn't get to this game. Just go figure. It's the one game that I didn't get there as early as I normally have most of the games. That was a time that I could have actually met Steve Spurrier right there on the field. But by the time I had got there, he didn't actually leave. He still was there, but I didn't get a chance to run into him. My other guys, my other friends who I made friends with the other media outlets, they took pictures with him. So, and I know he was there, you know, Shane Matthews. I even liked one of the pictures I saw that the XFL put up with Shane Matthews. It was with Bob Stoops, Steve Spurrier and his son. So, and, and you know what? Thank you XFL for following me. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't do this to get a follow from XFL, but that was really cool that they are following me. You know, that it's just a form of flattery more than anything. I love the XFL. I love what they're doing. And I'm glad that 2024 is going to to happen for for the players and for the coaches and for the fans and for the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. I'm glad that they're going to officially have a 2024 season. For those who don't know, they've announced a couple of weeks ago that they are going to have a 2024 season. So you know that the XFL is going to return next year for the people who love it i want to thank all the fans that follow our show i've met a lot of people who follow who are fans of our show because of the fact that we cover the xfl so definitely it's been it's been amazing thank all the players that follow us as well and it's really remarkable aaron like you said you know this this uh being part of the island and aaron sports greatest show open so many doors. It's just really unbelievable. Talk about that. Well, I mean, I've told many people this. In fact, um, I won't say on air their name, but somebody that I ran into the other day that you may have known from uh, our past dealings didn't know that we had this show. And I, you know, obviously the pandemic has been a, a strange thing for everybody for a lot of reasons, but I, I kind of went into, hey, Alan and I started this sports talk show back in 2020 when the pandemic was going on and you know when i came to you with that idea uh once it was january of 2020 i i never thought we'd be where we are now um in such a quick amount of time i i honestly didn't envision it turning into what it's turned into which is a great thing that means that it's exceeded what i had uh, had expected and anticipated so think of the things we've done think of the things we've been able to see nascar college football major league baseball um all, all the interviews and the pictures and all the, I mean, think of all the names of the people that we've been able to, to, to reach out to uh, over these last three years. 
it's just a really cool thing, Alan. I think that, um, you know, and it's going to get even better as time goes on, too. So really excited about that and, and looking forward to what we see come next. I am too. You're absolutely right. This is a true blessing being part of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show and and definitely all those experiences and plenty more to come and and yeah, you know, I just it it's just really awe inspiring, you know, every all the players you got a chance to network and meet with and get to know their stories. And I've I will tell you this much that if you're a player and you wanna make it, you know, you are just one look or one person away sometimes from from success and just keep a positive attitude there's things in life you want to do just go ahead and do it you know i really can't thank the the orlando gardens the xfl enough and and definitely i i did want to let the fans know this too that we are you know me you know, I am looking to cover the XFL championship game. So that is in the works that I know that the Orlando Guardians are not going to be one of those two teams. I, I did pray that they were, but it wasn't meant to be. But I did say early in the season to the, the media personnel that I do have an interest in going to the championship game with us getting the opportunity and the blessing to get the credentials for that. I will be covering the, the championship game. So that is something that we're looking to do next and it's and it's not because the guardians are not making i was hoping the guardians were one of the two teams but i said this way early in the season where the guardians still had a very good shot good chance of making it so that was part of my disappointment with the last game was that it no matter what the guardians were not going to be one of the two teams that are going to the championship game so i will keep you guys posted on that on the championship game but that is something that is in the works. So we pray that that opportunity comes to fruition, but yeah, you know, you know, thank you to the XFL for all that you do. I really can't thank you enough. Danny Garcia, the rock, Jerry Cardinal, Redbird capital for them to have this vision to go ahead and re to purchase the XFL and keep it going. I love football. And if you get a chance to watch the XFL, I think you're going to love it too. But definitely props to the ownership for having the vision and then it opened up all these opportunities for all these great players to showcase their talents and a round of applause to all the players, family, fans, and anybody connected to the XFL. That's uh, that's really humbling that the XFL. It was just just a couple of days ago that they started following following me. I was just I was flattered. I really am and humbled by it. And I put up a bunch of posts from the XFL, so it's, I wasn't expecting it. It was just a pleasant surprise. But I'm very humbled. But yes, in this game here, the Guardians are facing the Brahmas. I know that the season, as far as them making the playoffs, is over. But I will say this much. If you're a team that is eliminated from the playoffs, you are still playing for something. If you're a player, whether you're Garden or Barama, you are playing for something because of the fact that you're still auditioning. The games are still on ESPN. They're still being watched by a lot of people. You never know who's watching. 
there's no guarantee that you're going to come back next year, or you might get an opportunity in the NFL by somebody watching. So you're still playing for something. The Guardians understand that. I hope that the Guardians win this game. They should beat the Brahmas. They, in my opinion, you should beat the team that you came close to beating before. The quarterback that's playing was the quarterback on our team, and he got traded to the Brahmas. So there's a good chance that he's going to be starting. You know his cadences. You know what he, you know what he can do. The Guardians should win game this weekend. Let's see if they do. Don't make any catastrophic mistakes, and you should win. So what are your thoughts about the XFL now, Aaron? Well, I mean, I think that it, it honestly has exceeded a lot of people's expectations this year and the fact that it's going to be around for a second consecutive season for the first time. Um, you know, a good friend of ours who calls into the show every week at the very beginning, Blue, um, didn't like it, didn't think it was going to last very long, and, you know, he was wrong. And I'll, I'll say this, too. I thought going into the year that it was going to be, you know, just because it hadn't succeeded before, it was going to have some problems. And I'm sure there probably were some things that were needing to be tweaked a little bit, but they seem to have figured it out. And my hope, just like yours, is that uh, it goes on not just uh, next year, but for many years to come after this. So I'm um, looking forward to next year being at some of those game sports with you and being able to check out, uh, you know, meet some of the players and, and obviously have that same experience you had covering, uh, covering the games and the media events and stuff afterwards as well. Yeah, it's, it's been awe-inspiring, and, and, and it is definitely something I really cannot put into words. If I had to write a book, which I am an author of two books, it would be hard for me to actually put it in words of the experience of being on the field, meeting the players, meeting the, the fans, meeting the, the parents, and everybody connected to somebody from the XFL. It's, it's been really, really eye-opening and an education in a very, very positive way and a true major blessing. I'm very humbled by it. And it's still going to be better and better because, you know, we're going to end up this year great. And then we're looking forward to 2024. And as you mentioned, Aaron, to, for many, many, many years to come. So the XFL success is our success because we enjoy and love the XFL. Yeah, no, absolutely 100% correct there. So uh, we'll have a lot more of that to talk about, of course, in the weeks to come. And then, of course, that other football league, we'll, we'll refer to that as the other football league, unlike what uh, Lou does. The, uh, the USFL, they start their season tomorrow. So uh, more football just keeps on going, which is great. So, uh, and of course, we're uh, just a couple weeks away from the NFL draft. We'll have a lot to talk about about that, uh, which is uh, just about two weeks out here for us. So, Alan, uh, as we wrap up the show here tonight, I know you had wanted to talk some boxing news. Um, take it away. Yes, that's right. There is a big fight with Michaela Meyer. Mayer, I'm sorry, Michaela Mayer versus Lucy Wildheart fight. That's tomorrow in London. I got Michaela winning this fight big time. I'm really surprised during the weigh-in how big of a difference Michaela is to Lucy as far as height. And I just don't see Lucy putting up a good, good chance against Michaela. In a way, it is actually a good fight for Michaela to come back to. I would have really kind of like ripped her up if she took this fight like throughout her career and 
and it was just a situation where she just picked this opponent out. But Michaela Meyer is coming. Mayer is coming off a loss, so it is kind of good for her to not only did she get a loss, but she took some time off. It is good for her to kind of go in with a opponent that I feel is not on her level, you know, with all due respect, to kind of get her feet wet back in and to kind of creep back into the mix. You know, sometimes you need a break in in a profession. So I look at Michaela winning this fight. And I don't think it's going to be much of an issue for her. I think Michaela is going to win the fight. And then we have the Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis fight. That's coming up soon. They're in the promotion of that fight. But Ryan Garcia is the type of guy who loves to talk. He loves to make bets. And he talks a big game. I I feel as if this is going to be another situation where he talks a big game. But Tank Davis... He's he's about that action. He doesn't really talk much, but he can he can box. And I think Tank Davis is the favorite to win. I think it's going to be a very good fight. It's a very entertaining fight. It is one of the big fights of this year. But until Ryan Garcia actually backs up what he says, I am still going to go with Tank Davis. I know I saw Ryan Garcia on Mike Tyson's podcast. And he sounded very believable, like he's going to put up a good fight. And he probably is going to put up a good fight. But I just feel as if Tank is Tank Davis is better. I love when someone doesn't talk much and just gets the job done. It's okay to be confident yourself. Sometimes you don't want to be too overconfident. But it's very, it's very good to be confident yourself and, and assure that you're going to win. That's what you want. But I think Ryan Garcia goes way overboard with that. And he loves to talk a lot. And a lot of times when he talks as much junk as he does, he doesn't back it up. I think there's going to be another situation where he does it. I do think he's going to put up a great fight, though. I do think he's going to give his very best effort. He knows a lot of people are going to watch this fight. It's going to be a big, one of the biggest fights of the year. So I, if not the biggest fight from an entertainment standpoint, but I think Tank Davis is going to do his thing. My mind could change come come between now and the fight time because that fight is, is a little bit later in the year. But I, as of right now, I still, still have Tank Davis winning that fight. But a lot of great boxing news. I'll keep you guys up to date. And, hey, you guys got me motivated again. You know, I was thinking to myself, I haven't been actually out to a boxing match in a while, especially since I've been covering the XFL. I need to get back out there and kind of get my feet wet just like Michaela and do a boxing match from time to time just to let you guys know I still am interested in covering boxing. So I know I haven't been out there, but I still keep up with boxing news for people who have been asking. Once the XFL season is officially over, when I say officially over, the season is winding down. The championship, the championship game is coming up, but before you get to the championship, just like in the Super Bowl, there is playoffs. So once the season is officially over, which will be, let's see, it's April now, mid-April. The season is going to pretty much be done in about another month. Let's say another, once that happens, I will definitely do my best effort to get out to a couple of boxing matches as well as baseball. I'll have more time there, but I, I have a lot of great things that me and Aaron always brainstorming how we could do even better for you guys. We have, you are fans and listeners in in our hearts and minds 
and we're going to continue to do the best we can to continue to give you guys great content. But yeah, that wraps up all the boxing news there, Aaron. All right, so that completes another great uh, podcast here this evening on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Podcast. Of course, uh, presented by Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. But I want to thank our listeners here tonight. I want to thank Lou for chiming in. And everyone, have a great, safe week. Thank you.